What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the JT Sports Podcast. I'm your host, JT. Before we get into it, I want to give you guys a quick announcement. So Thursday, I'm going to be moving back to my college dorm, finishing up my final year of college. I'm going to be a senior. So I'm not going to be going live for the remainder of the week. However, I am going to have a lot of pre-recorded stuff that's going to be coming out. It's going to be premiering around 5 p.m. Eastern time. So technically, I'll still be going live, but I won't actually be going live. It'll just be a lot of stuff that I pre-recorded. We got some stuff with Spotlight Raiders Talk coming out. Quincy Bell Sports. We got another collab with College Football with Sam coming up. So you're going to see those uploaded. They're going to be featured as premieres while I get settled into my new college dorm and prepare for my final semester of college. Because it's just like, I don't want to take a break and not upload anything. I'm kind of a creature of habit. Once I get in the habit of doing something, I like to continue it. And I'm just somebody who, when I do this, it makes me feel really good. When I don't live stream, I just feel really weird. I feel like my day is incomplete. So just a quick disclaimer that I'm not going to be live streaming for the remainder of the week. A lot of the content that's going to be coming out is going to be pre-recorded, but I will be back next Monday. There are going to be some things that are going to change, such as the live stream format, the layout, all that good stuff. But we got a really good episode today. I'm going to be giving my thoughts on the 49ers divisive quarterback controversy between Brock Purdy and Trey Lance, how this quarterback situation has somewhat divided the 49ers fan base. The Colts have officially named Anthony Richardson their starting quarterback. What's Dalvin Cook's impact going to be with the New York Jets? And why writing off Geno Smith is a huge mistake. Before we get into it, if you haven't already, go ahead, leave a like, and subscribe to the channel. Listen to the JT Sports Podcast. We are available on all podcasting platforms, Apple, Google, Spotify, Amazon, wherever you get your podcasts from, you can find the JT Sports Podcast. Leave us with a five-star review if you enjoy. We're trying to get to 100 five-star reviews before the start of the upcoming NFL and college football season. So if you enjoy the podcast and you want to support us, the best way to do so is to go ahead and give us a five-star review on Apple and Spotify. All you got to do is type in the JT Sports Podcast and it will pop up. Or you can go down to the description down below, scroll down a little bit, and there will be the links to the Apple and Spotify versions of the podcast. You know, one man's misfortune can lead to another man's opportunity. And in the NFL, when the starter goes down, what do they always say? Next man up. And when the next man comes in and he outperforms the previous starter, why should he not remain the starter if he's giving you more production at, per, at that position than what the previous guy was? And you know, in the NFL today, when you draft a young quarterback, you don't have four to five years to wait for that guy to reach his potential. It's not the 1990s. It's not the early 2000s anymore. When you get drafted in the first round as a quarterback, especially in the top five or top 10 in the draft, these teams expect you to be able to play either right away or then one or two years. And when it comes to this 
49ers quarterback controversy, there seems to be a huge divide amongst the 49ers fan base. On one end, you have fans who are huge supporters of Trey Lance, and they believe that he needs to start because the only way that he's going to get better is by getting in-game reps, and that he has so much potential over Brock Purdy that this potential for it to be unlocked, he needs to gain more experience. And then you have the other side of the 49ers fan base who feels like Brock Purdy has earned the right to be the starting quarterback for this squad, given with how he performed last year, leading this team all the way to the NFC Championship game. And with him being more productive than Trey Lance, he should be the starting quarterback. And it's one of those classic examples of production over potential. Because let's tell the truth about this situation, right? Brock Purdy, obviously right now, looks like the better quarterback than Trey Lance. But the reason why people continue to push for Trey Lance to get an opportunity to start is because they believe that Trey Lance could get the 49ers to the Super Bowl and potentially win it with how high his upside is. And a lot of people think about what Trey Lance could be instead of actually looking at Trey Lance for what he is now. And you see, the problem that we often face in life is that when we meet somebody that we have high expectations for, our expectations end up tending to be so high that we think about what they could be at their potential. And we end up overlooking what they actually are at the present moment. And what Trey Lance is right now is a really raw quarterback. Didn't really play a lot at college. He's really inexperienced. He's really slow when it comes to, you know, going through his reads, dissecting defenses. He just doesn't look like a starting caliber NFL quarterback right now. But you look at the potential that he has with his athleticism, his arm strength. He could be one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL if he could put it all together. But the problem with this situation is that the 49ers are a team that's built to win now. They don't have time to wait for Trey Lance to figure it out. And the NFL at the end of the day is not about potential. It's not about what you can be. It's about what can you be for me right now? How can you best better our football team at this moment? And Brock Purdy is the guy who gives you better quarterback play at this moment. He doesn't have the upside and the potential that Trey Lance has. But right now, he gives you a better chance to win games and to win a Super Bowl than what Trey Lance does at this moment. And you see, the NFL is a performance-based business. This isn't a business that is based on production. Performance and how you play in games matters more than what you could be. These coaches don't have time to wait for potential anymore. Do you know what waiting for potential gets you? It gets you fired. It gets you out of a job. And a lot of people just look at this situation from Trey Lance's standpoint, but we don't think about the implications that comes with whiffing, with drafting a quarterback early in the first round. When you miss on a quarterback in the first round, it sets your franchise back years. The 49ers were fortunate enough that they were able to retain Jimmy Garoppolo 
And they were able to, luckily enough, draft Brock Purdy in the last pick of the previous year's draft. But if they didn't have Jimmy Garoppolo or Brock Purdy right now, do you know how bad of a situation the 49ers will find themselves in right now? They're very fortunate that they have this kind of quarterback controversy. Now, the downside of this is that you gave up three first-round picks to draft Trey Lance. And that's a huge reason why 49ers want the want to see Trey Lance out there. They want to see Trey Lance live up to those expectations because you invested so much into this dude. You want him to be the guy. You want those first-round picks to actually mean something. But at the end of the day, we've seen what Trey Lance has done and the small sample size of games that he's played in, and he hasn't really looked that good. You look at Brock Purdy, this dude came in and he was ready. He was prepared. What has separated Trey Lance from Brock Purdy? One guy comes in and he looks poised. He already is comfortable within the offense. And then you have Trey Lance, who is a young quarterback still trying to figure it out. Brock Purdy did come into the league starting several years at Iowa State, a Power 5 institution where he had a lot of success. And Trey Lance comes from North Dakota State, a FCS powerhouse, but doesn't have the same amount of experience starting at the collegiate level that Brock Purdy had when he was coming in. So obviously, this was going to take a little bit of time for Trey Lance to get his footing in the NFL. But the problem is that Trey Lance hasn't really been given an opportunity to find his footing. And it's not all his fault because, like I alluded to earlier, misfortune can lead to another man's opportunity. And you want to know what the difference is between Brock Purdy and Trey Lance? Brock Purdy, when he got his opportunity, he seized the moment. He took advantage of it and he made every single snap count. Meanwhile, you look at Trey Lance, when he got his opportunity, he struggled. Listen to Trey Lance post-game press conference after their week one game against the Chicago Bears. He acknowledged that he made a lot of mistakes. He acknowledged that he didn't play his best football. You look at Brock Purdy, you didn't really see that in his first NFL action. Against the Miami Dolphins, Jimmy G goes down. Brock Purdy comes in having no practice time with the starting first team wide receivers. And he comes in and balls out. That's the example of being prepared and being ready for the moment. Brock Purdy was ready for his opportunity. Meanwhile, Trey Lance is a guy who's still trying to figure it out. And in today's NFL, you don't have time to figure it out anymore. Look at all of the talent that's coming into the league at quarterback. These new quarterbacks are coming into the league and they're hitting the ground running. Justin Herbert, 15 minutes before kickoff against the Kansas City Chiefs, Anthony Lynn goes up to him and says, hey, Justin, you got to start because Tyrod Taylor has a punctured lung against the Kansas City Chiefs. And Justin Herbert was drafted really high in the draft. And 15 minutes before kickoff, he probably didn't have a lot of practice with the first-team offense. And he comes in on a 15-minute short notice in his first-ever NFL action against the Kansas City Chiefs and absolutely balls out. 
That's the example of a quarterback being ready for the moment, being ready for the opportunity. Joe Burrow came in and he was good right away. You don't have time to wait two, three, four years for a quarterback to hit their stride. The best opportunity to win a Super Bowl is when you have a quarterback on a rookie contract. Think about Jordan Love. Jordan Love, I think, is going to succeed with Green Bay because Green Bay hasn't rushed him into being the starter. The 49ers tried to rush Trey Lance into being their quarterback one. Did Trey Lance ever legitimately beat out Jimmy Garoppolo? Let's just be honest about this. What the 49ers did was rush Trey Lance when he wasn't ready. After his rookie season, when he sat most of the year, you go into the offseason, and the 49ers pretty much ghosted Jimmy G. Remember, they didn't even want him to participate in training camp. They tried to trade him, but he had injury concerns, so that kind of halted trade talks. And then we get to the season, and then they... Redo a deal with Jimmy Garoppolo. He comes back. Trey Lance gets injured. And what does Jimmy G do? He comes in and he seizes the opportunity. And then Jimmy G goes down. And what does Brock Purdy do? He seizes the opportunity. You see the difference? Jimmy Garoppolo, despite all his faults, is still somebody who was able to have some success with San Francisco. This was somebody who was able to have some really productive seasons under Kyle Shanahan. Same thing with Brock Purdy. But what production, what has Trey Lance done up to this point in his NFL career? You see, Trey Lance was never ready to be the starting quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers. They thought that sitting him for a year would have given him enough time to be comfortable enough in this offense that he could go ahead and have a productive first season as the full-time starter, but it didn't work out that way because he was so raw than what they initially thought. This is somebody who struggles to read defenses. He isn't as athletic as what Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch initially thought. And at this point, I'm not going to call him a bust, but I think it's safe to say that He's just not a good fit with the San Francisco 49ers. They whiffed on Trey Lance. And Trey Lance, in this situation, it's hard to get rid of him because nobody probably wants to pay the guaranteed money that he has left on his rookie deal. And plus, nobody really wants to invest anything into somebody that they don't really know can even play. When you trade for Trey Lance or whatever happens to Trey Lance in the foreseeable future, whatever new team picks him up basically has to rebuild him from the ground up. This is how raw Trey Lance is as a quarterback. I don't even think Trey Lance will be a starting quarterback on any other NFL team. Name me the worst quarterbacks in the NFL right now and tell me if Trey Lance would even be better than those guys. That's how raw this dude is as a quarterback. And Kyle Shanahan does deserve a lot of fault for where the 49ers are in this quarterback controversy. Did he go about things the proper way when it came to developing Trey Lance? Probably not. There are some mistakes that Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch probably made along the way, such as trying to anoint Trey Lance as the starter way too early when he didn't prove it. And even going into this year, you know, I feel like Trey Lance probably should have been given a little bit more of an opportunity to compete. But at the same time, when Brock Purdy was rehabbing from his elbow injury, 
Trey Lance had all the time during the offseason, OTAs, mini camp and training camp prior to Brock Purdy returning to prove himself that he was the guy to lead San Francisco. And he's yet to do that. He's yet to prove himself. And up to this point in his career, when you have a quarterback that's yet to really prove anything to cement himself as the franchise guy, you kind of got to start looking at him with the people's eyebrow and you got to start asking yourself, is this the right guy to lead our organization? And when you have this kind of situation where you got somebody who comes out of nowhere and performs so well, but you got this guy on the bench who you invested so much capital to draft and trade up for, it makes for a really awkward situation. But at the end of the day, though, the NFL isn't about potential. It's about production. Can you go out and make the throws necessary to win the games? Can you go out and make the right decisions with the football? Can you limit mistakes? Can you come through in the big moments? And Trey Lance has yet to prove that. And two games that we saw Brock Purdy, he was better than Trey Lance. Compare Trey Lance's first two games to Brock Purdy's two first games, and it's not really close. And you can make any excuse that you want, oh, Trey Lance didn't have Chris McCaffrey, it doesn't effing matter. The 49ers were still a Super Bowl contender when Trey Lance took over the helm at QB. And you can keep saying that, all oh, the potential is just so high, JT, you got to give him a chance. Do you think that a guy like George Kittle, who's getting up there in age, wants to waste what's left of his NFL career Waiting to see if Trey Lance can ever live up to the expectations that he had when he was drafted so high. George Kittle wants to win a Super Bowl. Debo Samuel wants to win a Super Bowl. Brandon Ayuk wants to win a Super Bowl. Nick Bosa wants to win a Super Bowl. And they don't want to wait three to four years down the road for it. They want to win now. A lot of people don't think about the locker room dynamics that go into these kind of decisions. How do you think the locker room would respond if Trey Lance was giving the starting job over Brock Purdy simply for where he was drafted at. Players don't respect that. As a matter of fact, players hate that because they rather go with the guy who can get the job done. They don't want to wait for somebody to figure it out. This is a production-based business. People have families to feed. You can't play football for your whole entire life, so you want to maximize the best talent that you have on the roster when they're at their prime. And when you wait on your franchise quarterback for four to five years to reach his potential, you waste some of your top talents on your roster. The NFL is about trying to win the Super Bowl as fast as possible in the most efficient, effective manner. It's chess, not checkers. And when it comes to checkers, you don't make decisions solely based on potential outcomes. You have to make the best decisions to help you get the lead in the game at the present moment. A lot of people are really split over this Trey Lance, Brock Purdy fiasco. You can say and cry that it's unfair what's happened to Trey Lance, and I would agree with you. But guess what I'm going to say, and this may sound cliche, but life is unfair. It's unfair that people have to wake up every day and clock into a 9 to 5. It's unfair that 
you know, rent is as high as what it is right now. It's unfair that it's hard to find a house with the, with the current state of the present economy. But it's life. You get over it and you move on and you roll with the punches. That's what the NFL is. The NFL isn't a sob story business. You don't get opportunities because you feel you deserve an opportunity. No, you get an opportunity because you deserved it, because you proved yourself. Trey Lance hasn't proven anything. People just want to anoint Trey Lance the starter because where he was drafted and doing this, making decisions like that is what makes you lose the locker room. Players don't respect that shit. And that's what I keep trying to utter to the Trey Lance fanboys who continue to post all these long paragraphs on social media about, oh my God, Trey Lance, look at his eyes. Like, he looks so defeated. All he wanted to do was to compete. He just wanted a fair opportunity, JT. And Kyle Shanahan, the 49ers, they're not giving it to him, JT. Oh, he got injured. Imagine if he never got injured. Oh, he has so much more potential than Brock Purdy. Who cares? Save the sob stories. The NFL is about performance. When you go to work, your boss doesn't want to hear no excuses about why you couldn't get the certain job done. He wants it done in the most efficient manner. People have jobs. Nobody has time to wait and gamble on potential. And that's what a lot of people are missing about this situation. Brock Purdy came in and took advantage of the opportunity that was given to him. I don't think Brock Purdy is going to fall off. You don't go from Mr. Irrelevant to taking the team to the NFC Championship all because you were carried by talent. You know, the Trey Lance fanboys try to say, oh, Brock Purdy isn't nothing special. He had a great team around him. Well, this same team that Trey Lance had mostly minus Christian McCaffrey was pretty good and he didn't really do a lot with it. Meanwhile, Brock Purdy took it all the way to the NFC Championship game. And a lot of 49er players will tell you, as Debo Samuel, if Brock Purdy never got injured against the Philadelphia Eagles, they strongly believe in their hearts they would have won that game and they would have been in the Super Bowl in a rematch against the Kansas City Chiefs. At the end of the day, it's not about sob stories. It's not about... Oh, he was mistreated. Oh, he was compromised at the end of the day. It's about can you go out there and get the job done and Trey Lance can't get it done. He may not be a bust. It may be too soon to label him a bust, but I think we're looking at our final days as seeing Trey Lance in the 49ers uniform. They signed Sam Darnold for a reason. And I think there's a strong chance that he ends up Becoming the third string quarterback right behind Sam. Nobody wants to trade for Trey Lance because he's a wild experiment. You don't really know if you're going to be able to fix this dude. Some people just don't have what it takes to be an NFL quarterback. And I know it's really harsh to say that, but it's the truth. There's only 32 starting quarterbacks in the NFL for a reason. And there are millions of backups. It's really hard to be a starting quarterback in the NFL. It's an exclusive club. You're top 1% at your position in the world. Same thing with the NBA. 
If you can't get it done, guess what the NFL is going to do? They're going to find somebody else who can get it done. Just like if you can't get your job done efficiently at work, guess what your boss is going to do? They're going to fire you and they're going to hire a replacement. The NFL is a business. Nobody cares about your feelings. Nobody cares about morals. Nobody cares about ethics. What matters more over anything is winning. Because with winning delivers money, it delivers security. And also it brings you, you know, the fact that you also can have a chance at having a great career when you have success. You know, Kyle Shanahan, I feel like his perception has really been altered with how this situation has played out. And I know he hasn't gone about this in the right way, but there are people who are saying that Kyle Shanahan struggles to develop quarterbacks. Well, what about Brock Purdy? He looked pretty fine. Jimmy Garoppolo has some really good years. If Jimmy Garoppolo could have stayed healthy, do you think they still would have drafted Trey Lance? If Jimmy Garoppolo could stay healthy for a full 16, 17-game season, do you think Kyle Shanahan would want to move on from that? Kyle Shanahan is somebody who cares about if you can get the job done or not. He doesn't care about all the flashy stuff. Brock Purdy isn't flashy, but he gets the job done. A lot of people are enamored with flash. Flash sells. It's marketable. It sells tickets. It goes viral on social media. It brings a lot of attention. But you know what doesn't bring a lot of attention? The guy who is consistent, who gets the job done. Drew Brees wasn't flashy. That's why he never won an MVP. Everybody always chose the more flashier pick over for MVP over Drew Brees. You know, we give Tom Brady so much respect because of his championship accolades. The fact that he has seven Super Bowls. But if he didn't have those seven Super Bowls and he still had an all-time great career, would we view Tom Brady as the greatest quarterback of all time? The man has won the most Super Bowls ever for a quarterback ever in the National Football League. And yet, we still talk about how Aaron Rodgers was more talented than Tom Brady. And what if Aaron Rodgers played for the Patriots instead of Brady? That just goes to show you that production, if you're not flashy, nobody really talks about you unless you're winning. Brock Purdy gets it done. That's why... People are skeptical about him because he's not flashy. He doesn't do anything that makes you drop your draw. With Trey Lance, he'll give you a couple of big throws that make you go, oh, wow, like I see why the 49ers gave up so much for him. But the dude is just too raw. And it's unfortunate that he got drafted into a situation like this because he couldn't control really what team drafted him. He couldn't foresee how this situation was going to play out. I feel bad for Trey Lance because I do think that he puts in the work. But if you watch the Netflix quarterback documentary, Patrick Mahomes, Kirk Cousins, Marcus Mariota, they were all putting in the work. They were all watching film. They were all doing things outside of the field to try to hone their game. But what separated Patrick Mahomes from Kirk Cousins and Marcus Mariota? Patrick Mahomes was just so much more talented and just so much more gifted and he just has something different about him that stands out. Kirk Cousins put in a lot of work. He was a really good quarterback, and he had some really good moments. But in the big games, he folded. Marcus Mariota, when he was asked to have to win games with the ball in his hands, he always came up short. 
every single time. That's what separates the great quarterbacks from the average quarterbacks in this game. The great quarterbacks step up and they make big plays and big moments. They rise up to the occasion. Tom Brady's situation was unusual. This was somebody who was a late round selection who got pretty much laughed at during his NFL combine performance. People laughed at him for looking unathletic, not having a strong arm. And guess what? He ended up being the greatest quarterback of all time. You want to know why? Because Tom Brady rose to the occasion in big moments. This was somebody who seized his opportunity. The best quarterbacks in the NFL seized the moment. They live for the moment. You look at Brock Purdy. When he came in against the Miami Dolphins, he looked poised. He looked confident. You didn't see somebody who started out as a fourth stringer. You didn't see Mr. Relevant. You saw a guy that really believed and had confidence in himself. You don't see that same level of confidence in Trey Lance that you see in Brock Purdy. And Trey Lance, you see somebody whose confidence is just struck. If you go back and you watch that Las Vegas Raiders game, he had two throws that could have been easy completions, but he ended up pump faking because he was second guessing himself. He was indecisive. He pump faked on one throw because he nearly threw an out route when the Raiders were running a simple cover two defense. Everybody knows if you're going against a defense that's running cover two that you're not going to be able to hit anything in the flats. You got to attack the whole shots either in the middle of the field or on the outside. If you can't even recognize that in the preseason, that's a problem. There's only so much development that a coach can do. You can blame Kyle Shanahan all you want to, but eventually, when do we put some blame on Trey Lance? When do we ask the question, what could have Trey Lance have done differently to have a better career than what he's had so far with San Francisco? Even with the injuries, you can't plan for injuries they just happen it's unfortunate but life is all about how you respond to situations of adversity how you come back from setbacks there's so many excuses that people make for Trey Lance but nobody actually thinks to hold Trey Lance accountable somewhat for what has transpired in his career. That's all this really has become is just, you know, a big divisive controversy amongst 49ers fans. You got fans who just always make excuses for Trey Lance and then make excuses for why Brock Purdy isn't the guy. Instead of just seeing this situation for what it is, we have to create narratives. Oh, if the 49ers are going to be a Super Bowl team, it's all going to depend on Trey Lance. Bro, what the hell has Trey Lance showed that makes you think that the 49ers are going to be capable of winning a Super Bowl with him at the helm at quarterback? Nothing. The dude hasn't performed. He hasn't been good. We got to stop. Eventually, when do we draw the line and say, you know what? Trey Lance just isn't it. Eventually, we got to stop pointing the finger and saying, Kyle Shanahan is the reason for this. Eventually, we got to point the finger at Trey Lance and say, what could have you done better in this situation to be more prepared? Why was Brock Purdy more prepared than you? Brock Purdy was a four-string quarterback and came in out of nowhere in the middle of the game against the Miami Dolphins with a lot of stakes on the line and balled out. What was the difference between why Brock Purdy was so good versus why Trey Lance has struggled? And that's the question that doesn't get asked enough 
when it comes to this discussion. We keep saying that Trey Lance should be the starter just because where he was drafted. But what has he done to earn that right? You got to earn everything in life. Nothing is given to you. Nobody's going to give you a handout. Nobody's going to give you money just because they feel bad for you. Nobody's going to give you money because they see you crying on the street. The world doesn't owe you sympathy. The NFL doesn't owe Trey Lance sympathy. Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch don't owe Trey Lance shit. And I know it's harsh and it's tough to hear, but it's the truth. A lot of people on Twitter keep making it seem like the 49ers owe Trey Lance the right. To prove himself. He's had plenty of chances to prove himself. And he hasn't done it. When Brock Purdy got his opportunity to prove himself. You know what he did? He took this team to the NFC Championship. So why should he have to be the backup to Trey Lance? Because he has more upside than him? How does that make sense? Upside and potential doesn't win games. That's why I tell you guys, all this ceiling, all this high potential stuff when it comes to the draft is just nonsense. Can you play or can you not play? It's the question. And Trey Lance can't play right now. We don't even know if he's going to be able to be the backup quarterback over Sam freaking Darnold. But we got to try to craft all these narratives to make Trey Lance look good instead of just looking at him for what he is. And that's the problem with today's society. We sympathize with people so much to the point that we tend to forget, you know, you got to earn certain things. You have to prove yourself. We forget about the business side of sports. Sports isn't about your feelings. It's not about what you feel you deserve. It's about what you earned. And Brock Purdy has earned the right to be the starting quarterback for San Francisco. And you may be asking, JT, why do you continue to talk about this? Like, we know Brock Purdy is the starter because if you go on my channel and you go to the poll section, you will see I asked who should be the starting quarterback for the 49ers. And there are a good amount of people, over 30%, who have voted Trey Lance. And that tells you everything you need to know. People want handouts, but nobody wants to earn anything. Trey Lance hasn't earned anything. He hasn't earned the right to be the starting quarterback for San Francisco. We just want to give him an opportunity because he needs reps. If Trey Lance needs reps, you know where he should go? To the XFL or the USFL. Because the NFL game is just too fast for a guy this raw and inexperienced to be able to pick it up so quickly. If Trey Lance was drafted in the early 2000s or the late 1990s, he would have a better chance at being successful because there was more patience back then. Nobody gives you a lot of patience in today's NFL. Pete's take says, Tua had time. What are you talking about? Tua wasn't bad his first season. Tua was way ahead of what Trey Lance has looked like right now. Tua looked like a top 10 quarterback last season. He was a midseason MVP candidate at one point. Trey Lance hasn't looked anywhere close to that. Plenty of QBs have time only because anomaly pops out like Purdy doesn't mean it's always happening. How about Jordan Love? Jordan Love was Aaron Rodgers' backup for how many years? The Packers have 
been one of the best franchises in the history of the NFL when it comes to developing quarterbacks. You want to know why? Because they don't force guys. They don't just force guys into action if they're not ready. Aaron Rodgers sat behind Brett Favre for how many years? And then he took over and he was successful. When you properly develop a quarterback and you don't rush them out there and you actually try to develop them the proper way and give them three to four years, then okay, you're going to have the opportunity for Trey Lance to reach his ceiling. But in today's NFL, teams are impatient. That's just the reality of the National Football League. In the year 2023, quarterbacks have a small time frame to develop. You either have to come in and be good right away, show a little bit of promise, or you got to be a guy who can sit for a year, and then when your number finally gets called like Patrick Mahomes, you go ahead and you ball out. Let's talk about all of the great quarterbacks who were drafted in the first round who were good right away. Deshaun Watson, his rookie season for the Houston Texans, he was on pace for having one of the greatest rookie seasons ever out of a rookie quarterback. Justin Herbert had the best rookie season ever for a first-year quarterback. Joe Burrow was good right away. The only reason Trevor Lawrence wasn't good his rookie season was because how much of a shit show it was when Urban Meyer was the head coach. Nobody has time to sit back and wait for you to develop anymore. You saw what happened with Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones was going into this season with a lot of things on the line. If he didn't have the season that he had last year, do you think Daniel Jones would remain the starting quarterback for the New York Giants? No, he wouldn't have. You got to come in. You got to be good quickly. You don't have four or five years anymore, people. It's 2023. There's so many great quarterbacks coming out that if you're not good by year three, teams are already losing faith in you. Jalen Hurts, people had a lot of questions and skepticism about him going into the 2022 NFL season. There were people who thought that he could potentially end up being replaced. Justin Fields is in year three. And what are people saying about him? This is a make or break year for Justin Fields. If he doesn't figure it out this year, he's probably going to end up getting traded or moved on from. And that's what people have a hard time being able to swallow. And you 49ers fans should be able to understand this. You should be able to understand how much the NFL has changed. Because remember what happened with Alex Smith? How long did it take for Alex Smith to finally be able to be a serviceable, productive quarterback. It didn't take Alex Smith until Harbaugh getting there for him to really be able to figure it out. You're not living in that time anymore. And regardless of what you want to say, there's so many talented quarterbacks that are coming in and being good right away. If you're not producing at a high level, at least in your first couple of years, or you don't show promise, teams are going to sour over you. Look what happened with Sean McVay and Jared Goff. Jared Goff took the Rams to the Super Bowl, and then not too long after, Sean McVay shipped them out of town because he got tired of them. You don't have long to prove yourself in the National Football League. It's just the reality. And a lot of 49ers fans who support Trey Lance, they don't live in reality. They live in the what if. They always live in la-la land. What can you be? Or the potential is just so high. Like, nobody cares anymore. We want the guy who can lead us to the championship now. Nobody has time to sit back and wait for you to figure it out anymore. And life 
you either figure it out or you get left behind and you swim with the rest of the fishes. You either thrive and you swim amongst the rest and you swim with the sharks or you get left behind and you just swim with Dorothy and Finding Nemo. This 49ers quarterback controversy has been super divisive amongst the San Francisco 49ers fan base. And it really shouldn't be this way. It should be pretty apparent that you have a guy that has a lot of potential, but a guy who hasn't lived up to it. Production over potential is always going to win out. You don't have a long time to prove yourself in the National Football League. You don't have a lot of time to prove yourself in life. People aren't going to give you the benefit of a doubt in most things. You got to earn that. You got to prove yourself. And you don't have a long time to do that because people have money on the line. People have careers on the line. A lot of people are just looking at this from one angle. You're not looking at this from a 360 lens. You're just thinking about Trey Lance, but you're not thinking about the implications of what if you put Trey Lance out there and how you hinder the championship window that the 49ers have, how you can waste the prime of Nick Bosa by not being able to maximize and win right away. Brock Purdy gives you the best chance to win. Brock Purdy is different. You don't go from Mr. Relevant to taking a team to the conference championship because you were carried. There's something special about Brock Purdy. Mr. Relevant is not taken serious. They got a parade for it. It's a meme. It's a joke. Most of the Mr. Irrelevance don't even pan out. Brock Purdy may be the greatest Mr. Irrelevant story in the history of the NFL. Honestly, you don't go from being the last pick of the draft to taking the team to the conference championship game without having a different mindset, without having a different mentality. Brock Purdy was ready. Tom Brady was ready. Dak Prescott was ready. Kirk Cousins was ready. These were guys who weren't first-round picks. They didn't have high expectations. They had low expectations coming out, and they surprised everybody. They may not be the most talented quarterbacks ever, but they got the job done. There's a divide between the 49ers fan base and it shouldn't be. I think more people should stop looking at Trey Lance for what he could be and start looking at him for what he is right now. Trying to judge people based on what they could be gets your feelings hurt and it gets you put in a lot of bad situations. You got to look at things for what they are right now. And what it is right now is simple. Trey Lance just isn't it in San Francisco. Now, he could go elsewhere and maybe change the trajectory of his career. Maybe he can go to a head coach that's going to be more willing to wait a lot longer to develop him. But in today's NFL, when you're drafted as high as what Trey Lance is, nobody has a lot of patience to wait for you to get it together for the first four or five years. If you struggle your first three years, it's SOL. Anthony Richardson, he has all the athletic tools to be one of the most dominant quarterbacks in the history of the NFL. This dude is 6'4", 255 pounds, runs 4'4", has one of the strongest arms in the National Football League right now, but can he put it all together and have a successful career? We've seen what has happened with Trey Lance. 
somebody who was drafted really high like Anthony Richardson that had a fantastic athletic and physical profile and wasn't able to maximize his potential. Will Anthony Richardson suffer the same fate as Trey Lance or will he rise above it and be as good as what Lamar Jackson or Cam Newton were or even better? He has Shane Steichen who has a really good track record of being able to develop quarterbacks. Justin Herbert, Shane Steichen was his offensive coordinator during his rookie season, and we know how successful Justin Herbert was during the first year of his NFL career with the Chargers. And then Shane Steichen goes to Philadelphia, and in two years, he turns Jalen Hurts into one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Can he do the same thing with Anthony Richardson? Anthony Richardson. He was just named the Indianapolis Colts starting quarterback today. And there are many people who keep saying that the Colts made a mistake. You can't start this dude. He's too raw as a passer. Do you not remember Lamar Jackson's rookie season with Baltimore? When he ended up replacing Joe Flacco, he wasn't the most polished passer neither. He completed well under 60% of his passes, but do you know why Baltimore was able to win with Lamar Jackson year one? Because of his athleticism. Do you know why Justin Fields has been somewhat serviceable despite not being the greatest passer up to this point in his career? Because of his athleticism. Do you know why Philadelphia went to the playoffs year one under Nick Sirianni? Jalen Hurts didn't light the world on fire throwing the football, but he was really effective as a runner. You can win in the NFL with a super athletic quarterback and find ways to win with just his athleticism while he develops as a passer in the background. Anthony Richardson is 255 pounds running 4-4-3. It doesn't matter what kind of scheme you have if you don't have the right personnel to defend against this dude. This dude is a freak. When you have rare 1% athleticism like Anthony Richardson has, there's not too many defensive backs who are going to be able to slow this dude down in the open field. 6'4", 255 pounds. How many teams do you think are actually equipped to stop Anthony Richardson? You got to have the right personnel when you're going against this kind of athlete. You can scheme things up all you want to, but if you don't have the horses up front who have the speed to be able to haul this dude down and keep him from hauling ass down the sidelines 40, 50 yards when he, once he gets past the line of scrimmage, you're going to be in trouble. He may not be the best passer, but he's made gradual improvement. Anthony Richardson has a rocket launcher for an arm. And his preseason debut against the Buffalo Bills, he looked really comfortable in the pocket. He wasn't bailing out of pressure. He was stepping up in the pocket, trying to make big boy throws. And he was pretty impressive. Outside of that one interception that he threw on the first drive, he had a really solid outing. Yeah, he hit a couple of wide receivers a little bit high. He had some missed throws that should have been layups. But that's what you expect out of Anthony Richardson. You see, the expectations for Anthony Richardson should be pretty low. You want to know why? Because Shane Steichen and Jim Irsay already understand that this is going to be a process. They understand that Anthony Richardson is going to have some growing pains. There's going to be a lot of downs, but there's also going to be a lot of highs that comes with Anthony Richardson being the starting quarterback for Indianapolis this year. And he definitely could surprise a lot of people. 
You know, intangibles is something that doesn't really get talked about a lot when it comes to evaluating quarterbacks. Nobody thinks about leadership. Nobody thinks about time and commitment that said quarterback puts into studying film and wanting to get better. Anthony Richardson is a great character. This is somebody who helped the janitors out after a team event was picking up trash and the janitor said, no, nah, you don't got to do this. Anthony Richardson said, no, nah, man, it's not right for us to leave this trash and just allow y'all to pick it up when we were the ones who made that mess. That shows character. That shows somebody that has a lot of love and compassion, not just for the team, but also the people in the organization. Anthony Richardson's attitude is infectious. It's going to rub off on this team in a positive manner. And these teammates are going to go for war or go to war for Anthony Richardson this year. They love this dude. You listen to any Indianapolis Colts player describe Anthony Richardson. They love this dude's character and they're all behind them. This team is all behind doing whatever it takes to make sure Anthony Richardson succeeds. Same thing with Jim Ursay. They're not going to second guess anything if he struggles his rookie season. They're going to allow Anthony Richardson to go out there and just play ball, make mistakes and coach him up and help him learn from it. That's what it takes to develop a quarterback in today's NFL. You can't have this kind of athlete just sitting on the bench and think that him holding the clipboard is going to help him develop. Trey Lance was holding the clipboard for one year behind Jimmy Garoppolo and where did that get him? People think the best way to develop a quarterback is just by letting him ride the bench for his rookie season. That's not always the best way for a quarterback to get better. Anthony Richardson doesn't have a lot of experience playing quarterback, not just on the collegiate level, but in the NFL. He's a rookie. He's really raw to the position. So he has to go out there and have those mistakes so he can learn from them. Anthony Richardson wasn't going to learn anything sitting behind Gardner Minshew. All you were doing was taking away meaningful playing time from Anthony Richardson for him to get better. He got better every single drive when they went against the Buffalo Bills. Anthony Richardson is somebody who's going to figure it out. He's a quick learner. He's somebody who's really dedicated to this. He wants to be great. You can see it in his eyes. You can hear it in his voice. You didn't hear that same dedication you didn't hear that same drive out of Mitch Trubisky you heard it out of Lamar Jackson you heard what he told Deion Sanders he was pissed when he nearly fell out the first round he said Baltimore is going to get a Super Bowl out of me and even if you don't believe that he's going to be able to deliver a Lombardi to Baltimore you could have at least believed that this dude was going to be great you got to judge these quarterbacks also by the kind of work that they're willing to put in Anthony Richardson possibly could be what many people thought Trey Lance could have been or what people think Trey Lance can be if he figures it out. This dude, Anthony Richardson, is kind of like a mad science experiment. You ever watch X-Men, Wolverines, when they have all these crazy mutants that have all these kinds of special abilities? Anthony Richardson was built in a lab. Where do you find somebody that has this size? He gained 11 pounds since the combine. He's 255 pounds, dog. He's pretty much Derrick Henry at freaking quarterback. This is like Mike, Mike Oslot at quarterback, fam. This is the equivalent to putting your best athlete at quarterback in high school, but teaching him really how to play the position. 
if Anthony Richardson can figure it all out, which I believe he will with Shane Steichen being his head coach, he's going to be the most dominant quarterback that we've ever seen in the NFL for a very long time and probably way more dominant than Cam Newton. Cam Newton didn't have this kind of freakish athleticism that Anthony Richardson had. Cam Newton was a freak, but he wasn't 4'4", 255 with this kind of explosiveness and agility that Anthony Richardson brings to the quarterback position. Yes, this is a huge risk that the Indianapolis Colts are taking, but they're okay with it. This was the plan. Jim Ursay never would have hired Shane Steichen if Shane Steichen didn't have a vision. This was already something that was put in motion. They understand that this is going to be a process. The fans are the only people who try to rush greatness, who think that somebody has to be great right away. The Indianapolis Colts aren't the 49ers. They're not in Super Bowl contention. They don't have a great roster. The expectations for the Colts are pretty low. So for Anthony Richardson, he's not going into a situation like Trey Lance was where he has to win right away. He's not going into a situation where you already have a Super Bowl made roster. Like this team is going to grow along with Anthony Richardson. And that's the beautiful thing about it. And this team is also going to have some lumps in the road along with Anthony Richardson. The Indianapolis Colts or Anthony Richardson or Bust, it doesn't matter how great of a team they put around them. If he doesn't work out, then this is going to be a huge disaster. But I think that the Colts made the right decision naming Anthony Richardson the starter. I mean, there are already reports coming out when he first had his first OTAs and minicamp sessions that he was looking better than what initially was reported when he was coming out of Florida. He's been exceeding expectations all offseason, and people are now just starting to pay attention. Nobody really pays a lot of attention to minicamp and training camp. I read up on these things, and the reports coming out about Anthony Richardson has been that he's been better than Gardner Minshew in training camp. Indianapolis Colts fans are not shocked that Anthony Richardson is the starter. Most Colts fans will tell you that they saw this coming from a mile away. They always knew that Anthony Richardson was going to be the guy. The only people who are second-guessing this are people who aren't fans of the Indianapolis Colts who don't really keep up with the situation. They go based off narratives. They go based off stigmas. And the stigma with Anthony Richardson is that he's more athlete than he is quarterback and he'll never be able to be nuanced to be able to learn the position. But that's not true. You can get better as a QB. You can develop as long as you have the proper culture or the proper coaching, excuse me, and you're putting the right system to succeed. Lamar Jackson had Greg Roman somebody who specializes in being able to elevate quarterbacks that have that kind of skill set. Look what he did with Colin Kaepernick with the 49ers. Look what he did with Tyrod Taylor his early years in Buffalo when Tyrod Taylor ended the Buffalo Bills playoff drought, leading them to the postseason for the first time in decades and being a Pro Bowl selection. You got to put your quarterback and the right system to succeed is not just all about talent all the time. Sometimes it's also about where you go and the coach that you get and the system that you get put in. The NFL isn't just this gladiator sport where you got 11 people just trying to bash each other's heads into the ground for 60 minutes. There is a lot of chess and a lot of strategy that goes into this. 
I trust Shane Steichen. And if you trust Shane Steichen, then you should believe that Anthony Richardson is going to be able to work out as a quarterback in the NFL. I think that people are truly scared about what Anthony Richardson could be if he works out. And think about how he could change the NFL. I already told you guys years back, back in 2018, that Lamar Jackson was going to evolutionize the quarterback position. He was going to pave the way for more super athletic quarterbacks to get opportunities to be QBs in the National Football League instead of having to change their positions and being used as wide receivers or running backs because you question their ability to develop as a passer. If Anthony Richardson works out, do you know how many other cyborgs are going to start coming into the NFL? You ever seen The Dark Knight? trilogy with Christopher Nolan and you got Christian Bell playing Batman you know at the end of the first Batman movie Batman Begins they talk about escalation you know we start carrying semi-automatics they start carrying semi-automatics you know this is a copycat league league teams are going to copy what's successful People saw the success that the Ravens had with Lamar Jackson. It is no surprise that we started getting these quarterbacks like Trey Lance and Justin Fields that were super athletic but had concerns as passers. You want to know why? Because Lamar Jackson, Russell Wilson, smaller quarterback, paved the way for smaller QBs like Malik Willis and Kyler Murray to get chances. The NFL is about trying to figure out what works. And when you got a team that finds something that works, teams want to replicate and copy that formula. Look how the Bears have constructed their team. They pretty much went about building their offense around Justin Fields the same way the Eagles went about building their offense around Jalen Hurts last year. Anthony Richardson, I think this dude is going to be a stud for the Indianapolis Colts. Am I a little bit biased? I may be. But I do... Like Shane Steichen as a head coach, he has a really good resume and he has a really good track record of being able to develop quarterbacks that have this kind of skill set. He did it with Jalen Hurts. He was really good with Justin Herbert. Although Justin Herbert isn't the athlete that Anthony Richardson is, he's a freak himself. I trust Shane Steichen. You got to trust the coaching. Coaching trumps all, in my opinion. And that's why I got so much confidence in Anthony Richardson Moving forward, that's the starting quarterback for Indianapolis. Is it going to look all pretty? No, it's not. There's going to be some really ugly games. There may be some games where you see Anthony Richardson go 6-25 passing but have 120-something yards on the ground. And there's going to be some games where Anthony Richardson goes 25-35 or 35 passing for 300 passing yards and four touchdowns. This is going to be a bumpy rookie season for AR, but... I think that in the long term, he's going to end up becoming the most dominant quarterback that we've seen in the NFL in a very long time. Before we move on, I got to get me a sip of water. If you haven't already, make sure that you leave a like on the stream. Subscribe to the channel. We go live every day around 4 p.m., 5 p.m. Eastern time. Listen to the JT Sports Podcast. You can find us on all podcasting platforms, Apple, Google, Spotify, Amazon, wherever you get your podcast from. You can find the JT Sports Podcast. Once again, I want to let you guys know that Thursday, I will be moving back into my college dorm to finish my senior year of college. 
So I'm not going to be going live for the remainder of the week. However, I will be having some pre-recorded episodes with some special guests that are going to be premiered at a certain time. So I'm still going to be keeping up the consistency. I'm still going to be live streaming technically without live streaming technically. So I'm still going to have content coming out while I'm gone, getting settled into my college living situation. But I'm not going to really be taking a break because there's still going to be content coming out. So make sure that you guys are tuned into everything that we have coming up. This is a season that I think potentially could be the best that we've had in recent memory when it comes to the NFL. There are so many exciting storylines to talk about. And one of the biggest storylines going into this season are the New York Jets with Aaron Rodgers. And they made a big acquisition the other day. Dalvin Cook was signed to a one-year deal with the New York Jets. And we got to talk about what he brings to this Jets offense. Now, there's a narrative that Dalvin Cook is washed up. Is he the same back that he was two, three years ago? No, he's not. But he's still a top 10 running back, in my opinion. And he's only 28 years old. The threshold for running backs where they start to decline is 30. So Dalvin Cook still has two good years left where he should still be able to play at a really high level. He probably is the best pass catching back that they have on the roster. So you're going to have somebody who's going to be a reliable option for Aaron Rodgers and situations where he needs to check it down. You can check it down to Dalvin Cook and he is still somebody who can do a lot of damage after the catch. Really elusive in the open field. He also has really good hands. And I think that something that gets overlooked about Dalvin Cook is that he's still really effective at getting yards after contact. Now, two years ago, he was one of the best running backs at getting additional yards after contact. That kind of has went down a little bit, but he's still really productive at doing it. And he's going to be a really great combo to pair alongside of Brees Hall while he continues to rehab for that ACL injury. You got to remember that ACL injuries are really difficult to come back from. And for Brees Hall, it... It may not be a situation where he comes back and he just hits the ground running. He may have a season where he may be a little bit off and he ends up bouncing back next year. It's just when it comes to these kind of injuries, you don't know how long it's going to take for a player to bounce back into what they were pre-injury. And then you also got Michael Carter, who also is really good. You got Israel Abanda Conda, who's had a really good preseason up to this point. So this is a loaded running back room that the New York Jets currently have. Dalvin Cook possibly makes this team the most talented in the AFC. If you can't overlook the concerns that you have with this offensive line, this is the best roster in the AFC East. They're loaded at running back. You got Aaron Rodgers at QB. You got a good group of wide receivers. You got the best defense in this division from a talent standpoint and probably the best in the AFC. I mean, Dalvin Cook already made a really good team, an even better team. You don't need a great running back to win a Super Bowl, but when you have a great running back, it doesn't hurt your chances. And you still have to be able to run the football because you got to be able to take time off the clock late in games when you have a lead. You want to know the biggest problem with the Buffalo Bills and why they've come up short in the postseason? They're not able to take pressure off Josh Allen. 
Green Bay needs to be able to take some of the pressure off Aaron Rodgers. Yes, he is still a really good quarterback, and I think he's going to have a lot of success, but he's not at the stage of his career when you can ask him to be that bad man anymore. Aaron Rodgers needs a little bit of assistance. He can't be Superman, so you need Dalvin Cook to be able to come in and take some of that pressure off him. He has very good vision, very elusive in the open field. Dalvin Cook brings a new element to this Jets offense that they didn't have previously. With his hands, how good he is after contact, you just made the already scary offense even scarier by adding Dalvin Cook. He makes this Jets team an even better pick and an even more appealing pick for me to win it all this year. Last year, you wrote Geno Smith off, but he didn't write back in. There are people who are still writing Geno Smith off. Is he going to write back? I doubt it. But is Geno Smith going to regress this year for the Seattle Seahawks? Let's think about this for a second, right? Do you know who was the NFL's best deep ball thrower last year? It wasn't Tua. It wasn't Tom Brady, it wasn't Patrick Mahomes, it wasn't Josh Allen or even Joe Burrow. It was Geno Smith. According to NFL Next Gen Stats, Geno Smith was the best deep ball passer during the 2022 NFL season. He had a 13-2 touchdown interception ratio when he took deep shots downfield. And he also had 700 passing yards when he attempted to take shots downfield also. And he also should be able to elevate his performance this season, not just as a deep ball thrower, but him as a quarterback in general, due to how this offensive line should improve. They had two rookie tackles last year, Abraham Lucas, who was playing right tackle, and Charles Cross, who was playing left tackle. They were the best offensive tackle duo when it came to rookies in the NFL last year, and they potentially could be the best offensive tackle duo in the National Football League this season if they continue to take the right steps in development. And look what Geno Smith is going to be throwing the football to this year. He already was throwing the title locking in DK Metcalf, one of the best wide receiver duos in the league, and now you give him a JSN in the slot, a fantastic route runner, somebody who has a high football IQ, great understanding of how to get open, and fantastic hands. How does Geno Smith regress in 2023? Do we stop playing football? Does he get injured? Does the NFL end up going bankrupt? Because that's the only things that I can see slowing down Geno Smith. Geno Smith isn't a one-hit wonder. I got way more concerns about Daniel Jones than I do Geno Smith. Geno Smith, if you question how good is this guy, is he able to be able to lead this team to the playoffs, look around the rest of the conference. Who's the second best quarterback in the NFC behind Jalen Hurts? It's up for debate. You could say Derek Carr, Kirk Cousins, and Geno Smith. Geno Smith is a great leader. This is somebody who... This Seahawks team rallied behind last year. And when the Seahawks kind of got into a little bit of a cold stretch during the late half of last year, Geno Smith was the most consistent performer that they had on offense. Honestly. 
And he had 30 touchdowns to only 11 interceptions. That was one of the best touchdown to interception ratios in the National Football League in 2022. Geno Smith, I don't see this dude falling off unless hell just freezes over. Pete Carroll is one of those coaches that is able to take a Geno Smith, pat him on the back and say, you know, your career hasn't really gotten off to a great start, but we're going to believe in you. We're going to instill confidence in you and we're going to bring the best out of you. And that's what Seattle has done. They took Russell Wilson traded him away to the Denver Broncos, and flipped him into a championship contender. Geno Smith is good enough to win a Super Bowl. You don't need elite quarterback play to win a Super Bowl. You just need a quarterback who can make the big plays in the biggest moments of the game. And that's what Geno Smith is capable of doing. And as long as his offensive line continues to improve, Geno Smith has everything around him to be successful. He's going to have a great rushing attack. You see what Zach Charbonnet has been doing in preseason. He's been running guys over. He's been causing headaches. You got Kenneth Walker, who was the best rookie running back in the league last season. You got a talented trio of wide receivers to throw the football to. You got Noah Fan at tight end. You're going to have a really great defense. Geno Smith isn't going anywhere in 2023. If you are riding Geno Smith off, be prepared for him once again to not write back. I don't get this narrative that some people say that Geno Smith isn't a Super Bowl caliber quarterback. What is a Super Bowl caliber quarterback? I watched the 49ers go to a Super Bowl with Jimmy Garoppolo. I watched the Ravens win a Super Bowl with Joe Flacco. You mean to tell me that Geno Smith isn't capable of being able to replicate Somewhat of the similar success that teams have had in the past have made it to championships without elite quarterback play. And some may argue that Geno Smith possibly could be an MVP candidate this year, and I'm one of those people. Hell, he could have been an MVP candidate last year if the Seattle Seahawks had a way better record. I think we got to stop attaching what a quarterback used to be to what he is now. Geno Smith isn't the same quarterback that he was with the New York Jets. And I think that most of you guys understand that. But I just think that we have a hard time of understanding that certain players have gotten better. We tend to latch on to narratives and preconceptions. And anytime we're wrong about somebody, we hesitate to change our opinion about them. Geno Smith, if you thought that this dude couldn't play and you think that last year was just a one-hit wonder for him... Think again. The team that he has around him is kind of foolproof. Like, you got to be really bad to not be able to at least lead this team to the playoffs if you're Geno Smith. With the talent they got at wide receiver, how good this offensive line should be, how good the run game is going to be, there's no reason why Geno Smith should have any regression this year. I think that it's only one way up for Geno Smith. Truthfully, he was the best deep ball passer in the league last year. And with a better offensive line, he can be even better in 2023 than what he was in 2022. Hell, I think that Geno Smith possibly could be an MVP contender this year. I think he could be a finalist for the award. He's a great story. He didn't win comeback player of the year for nothing. Anytime you have a quarterback that ends up starting to hit his strides late, late in his career, they normally tend to end up being pretty good. 
And I think that's kind of what scares people a little bit about Geno Smith because he is up there in age. But we've seen quarterbacks play some of their best ball being a little bit older than what you would like. You normally envision a franchise quarterback being in their mid their mid twenties, like Patrick Mahomes and Joe Burrow. But sometimes you have a Geno Smith that comes along that. He got drafted into a bad situation early in his career. He bounced around a little bit, and he got a good opportunity with the Seattle Seahawks. And is Geno Smith the guy who can elevate a team with a bad roster? No, he's not. But he's a quarterback that can win you a lot of games and win you a championship as long as you give him the right pieces around him. Not every quarterback in the league is an elite quarterback. Most of, the, most of the best quarterbacks in the National Football League are in the AFC. This is the NFC Conference. As long as Geno Smith can build on his performance last year in 2023, I think not only is Seattle going to be able to win the NFC West, but I got them going all the way to the Super Bowl and losing to the Cincinnati Bengals. I think Geno Smith is him. I'm not John and Dino Smith. I'm not riding him off again. I already wrote him off once and he didn't write back. I'm not about to write him again just to get ignored again. I trust Geno Smith. This team that he has around him is too good for him not to be able to have a season as good as what he had last year. This is it for this episode of the JT Sports Podcast. I appreciate you guys for tuning in. Like I said, I'm going to be going on a little bit of a hiatus. Going to be moving back into my college dorm. So, you won't see any actual live streams from me for the remainder of this week. I won't be giving any of my preseason reactions until next Monday. That's when I will fully return. But you will see a couple of episodes that are going to premiere over the next couple of days with some special guests. I'm about to do a collab in a couple of hours with College Football with Sam. I got another collab that I'm going to be recording tomorrow with Quincy Bell Sports. I got a collab dropping tomorrow with my guy Spotlight Raiders Talk. And I'm really looking forward to the start of the NFL and the upcoming college football season, man. But I appreciate you guys for tuning in to this episode. Remember that we're not just available on YouTube. You can find us on all podcasting platforms, Apple, Google, Spotify, Amazon. Wherever you get your podcasts from, you can find the JT Sports Podcast. Make sure that you go ahead and follow me on Instagram at JT Sports underscore. You can find me on X at JT Sports underscore underscore. If you have a question that you would like answered on a potential future episode, submit them in the DMs. I'm about to start up the fantasy football leagues. I'm probably going to start a group chat first. So if you're going to want to join the league, you're going to have to be in a group chat because I just want to have everybody in the league in one place so you can get all the updates so we don't have a lot of confusion with when the draft is going to start and I don't want to have any inactive people because anytime I start these fantasy football leagues I normally win the majority of them that I start because people are inactive I want competition so if you're going to join the league I want you to be active which is why I'm about to start working on the group chats but there are a lot of under the hood changes that are about to happen with the channel I'm about to change the live streaming format. You're probably going to see a new layout potentially next Monday. The way we're going to start diving into certain topics is going to be a little bit different. How we're going to cover college football and the NFL is going to be really different. I'm really excited for what's to come for the future of the podcast. But 
I appreciate you guys for hanging around with me. And I appreciate the support. Like, I read most of the comments. I may not respond to all of them. I do engage with some of you guys. But anytime I click on some of your profiles, I'll be like, damn, like, you guys been subscribed to the channel ever since I was in 10th, 11th grade. And I laugh at any time I see somebody in the comment section talking about some man, JT. Like, I remember when you had a low cut, you had no hair at all. And now you got dreads, man. Like, it's just crazy. It's like I got a big family on this YouTube platform. So crazy that a lot of you guys are still sticking around, watching the channel and supporting from all the way back when I first came on this platform, when I first started talking about the Miami Hurricanes. It just always amazes me. You know, you're like my second family, kind of. You feel me? Anytime I want to talk about football, I can always go live and talk about it with you guys. Shout out to All Access Sports Podcasts. Shout out to my guy, David Corona, Pete's Takes, everybody in the live stream. What's up? But I hope you guys have a good rest of your week. I will see you guys next Monday with another episode of the JT Sports Podcast.